0: welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and I hope everyone is having a great lead up to week seven. Have a slightly different episode than usual today, but I think you are all going to enjoy it very much. That's because today we'll be breaking down some of the week's top wide receiver cornerback questions with a man that is more qualified to do so than just about anybody on this earth. So joining me today is a former first round pick that played 12 seasons with the Buccaneers, Patriots, and Rams. Five-time proler. A five-time Pro Bowler, 2016, first team all pro and of course 2015 Super Bowl champion, Akib Talib. Akib, thank you so much for coming on, man. How are you enjoying retirement?
1: I'm I'm loving it, man. I'm I'm spending a bunch of time with my kids. So that was that was a, a big part of this retirement, man. Spent some time with the fam. So uh I can't complain that's awesome man more family time and you're also
0: doing an awesome uh, podcast if you guys haven't checked it out already please do it is call to the booth it's a podcast with a key to leave and harrison sanford available on wednesday and fridays on our usual podcast apps and youtube entertaining interview format and the guys have already had on some awesome guests including jared goff keenan allen emmanuel sanders and wade phillips i was listening to the most recent episode and the key was telling wade about how we knew the panthers were pretty much toast in the super bowl because the receivers <laughs> were being uh, too friendly in the pregame that's awesome stuff man uh, and so yeah you guys have to. show going on Wednesdays and Fridays. Please check out Call to the Booth on Twitter n i g at Call to the Booth. How's, how's it been getting into, you know, just the media life of things? It's been good,
1: man. At, to be honest, it, it's been kind of therapeutic. You know what I'm saying? You want to talk football all the time and it keep you around the game, man. So it make me make me still watch the game, watch tape and stuff. So it's been therapeutic for me. Give me my football fix that I need.
0: Love it, man. There is nothing better in this world than just talking some ball. And that's what we're going to do right now. So I want to get right into it, man. So first question for you, the Rams have been, you know, in fantasy football land, the second stingiest defense in the league and fantasy points were game allowed to opposing wide receivers this season, despite learning a whole new scheme without Wade Phillips and having to pretty much largely overhaul their cornerback room with the exception of uh, Jalen Ramsey. So do you think, do you, think that you see a success continuing moving forward or have they just benefited from a pretty soft opening schedule?
1: Uh, I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be okay, man, because uh, them, them other two corners you're talking about, I was in a room with those guys. That's Troy Hill and my dog Darius. And them probably two of the best moving corners who i ever been in a room with, man. Them guys got crazy, crazy movement. You know what I'm saying? And then I think as the year just go on, they're going to be more comfortable, and they're going to, you know, that's, this is their first game rest real. Troy played a little bit last year, but, this they this they real, real starting corner game reps, man. So I think as the year go on, them two guys get better. And uh they they the last game, I don't know if they I don't know if that defense was even that bad, man. It's it was a bunch of underneath stuff, a bunch of runs. They didn't they didn't really stop the run, that's what it was. But uh as far as that pass game go, I don't think they was that bad, man. He missed a tackle on Kittles and they got out of there, besides that. Yeah. Two little passes, cover three in the middle of that field, man. And uh, it was twenty-one nothing. Next time you look up, it was twenty-one nothing with a whole bunch of underneath routes and run game. You know what I'm saying? So, I think they'd be fine, man. They got a tough-ass schedule coming up, though. It's uh, some big dogs on the schedule, man. Ten games left. I like them to go about six and four, though. Okay.
0: That's got to that's kind of piss you off when you're playing defense and they're doing, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's, you know, tossing the ball all of six inches in front of him to a streaking Debo Samuel. And that's counted as receiving yards, man. Like, exactly, I, I, so annoying. And, you know, you're trying to put those, uh, you keep those numbers down. Those are rush attempts. But uh, last thing on the Rams, it's been interesting, man. You know, tracking Jalen Ramsey's usage when they acquired him last year, he was, you know, regularly fe- uh, shattering number one receiver on the opposing teams. Hasn't really been the case this year. I mean, we've actually seen him playing in the slot more than ever. Do you think that's just, you know, uh Jalen doing, you know, just being asked to do more than ever and having him kind of around the line of scrimmage is better for that defense. Or, you know, what do you kind of make of this uh, interesting usage from Jalen Ramsey?
1: Man, it's that uh it's that Fangio defense. You know, uh D coordinator came from came from uh the Bears, Fangio, <laughs> the Broncos. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's a lot of keep things in front of you and, and we are gonna stand on not giving up a big play, man. So they play a lot of cover three. It's a lot more zone than what 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 Jalen is accustomed to. So I mean I think you kind of you don't almost waste them, but but teams could go away from them easier when you just playing zone you put him in cover 3 over there so I think they put him inside to get him get him around the action a little bit more man he's a hell of a tackler and he got great instincts man so I think they put him inside so he could play in this cover 3 type system sometimes they make it look like 3 and they match them they match it up a little bit so they could still use his man coverage skills inside and at the same time, man, he, he's he's in, in more of the action when they play zone. So I think, I think they just wanted to get him, get him more action get your
0: best players around the action, man. I agree. Exactly. N- nothing more frustrating than watching, you know, just that wide receiver one continuously move into the slot and just not really see uh, much of a rebound to it, but a uh, good stuff. Exactly. Man. Moving, moving on here. So the 49ers have a number of talented playmakers, even with Raheem Mostert. Now on the IR, we got Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon. I we were just talking about that game, man. Like not the most impressive passes, but you get the ball of these guys in space and they're able to make uh, some plays, exactly. particularly, particularly with Kyle Shanahan scheming up some goodness this week though, they're facing the Patriots. I mean, accordingly, you know, still one of the best secondaries in football. You know, we got a situation where Jimmy G is going against a team that knows him better than anybody, but at the same time, he does have all these playmakers finally healthy around him with the exception of Mostert. Uh, Who do you think has the edge here between the 49ers passing game uh, versus Stefan Gilmore and company?
1: Man, I think that 49ers pass game is, is, is what we just talked about a minute ago. It's, it's creativity, man. It's, it's Shanahan finding ways to get these guys the ball and letting them run. You know what I'm saying? So, I think I think it's a lot to do with the scheme, man, uh, with San Fran and uh and and the, and the Patriots, man. They 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 struggling to stop people, in my opinion, man. Y'all y'all struggling to stop people, man. Uh, last week, Denver drove up the field on them five straight times. i not now fumbles and turnovers played a part in those touchdowns, but when they did start at a manageable spot, they still was able to drive down that field. You know, just a lot of completed passes on those guys, man. Uh, I think had the the rookie Penn State little rookie he dropped the deep ball mm-hmm. that should have almost been a touchdown on Gilmore over there man so hey, they 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 a vet group and they go and get it together but uh I think as of right now they 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 still getting it together you know what I'm saying I think they still they still you know coming off that hot horse man you you go to the chip that's a long season man it's hard to it's hard to replicate that thing man so they're a vet group and they get it together and that's kind of how football is. It's momentum-based, you know what I'm saying? They'll catch that momentum. But right now, I don't think they have it, man. And, uh, and San Fran, it was clicking last week, so I, I might roll with San Fran on this one. Yeah, man,
0: that Denver offense last week. I mean, it, you look at Drew Locks. just – if you only look at his box score and didn't watch the game, you go, oh, he didn't complete 50% of his pass. He threw two picks. right? One of the things PFF tracks is big-time throws. And this dude led the week in him. It's not his fault if, uh, you know, Deshaun hey. Hamilton dropped that one on Gilmore and that
1: kind of man. stuff. So I'm Ooh. telling you. I'm telling you so I mean just New England play a lot of man coverage man and uh, you know it's man coverage is momentum man you you would feel like you slow a step for four weeks straight and then you know somebody will make a play and then now we now we on everything for four weeks straight so that's just how the game goes so I know New England they'll catch up but uh, just lately though I think they've been they've been struggling to stop people a little bit.
0: No, I, I'm with you there, man. And real quick on, on your podcast, I saw this week's no fly zone rankings. One of the cool uh, things you guys do where you break down uh, the top secondaries in the league. Right now you have the Steelers one, Bears number two, Buccaneers three, Ravens four and the Colts five. I'm just curious, like, you know, I, I don't need an exact number on the Patriots, but are, are they still knocking at the door, of that top five? Or do you think they're truly, you know, more of an average unit right now?
1: Nah, they right outside of it, man. It's a, it's a, it's a couple of teams who's right outside of that, that top ten, and, uh, Uh, And the Patriots is definitely, definitely one of those teams, probably eight, probably nine, man. They they, they, a a two week run of giving up 200 yards and having two interceptions, 230 yards and having one interception two back-to-back week. Like that, man, they'll be right back in there.
0: Sounds good, man. Good stuff as always. All right. Next up, I want to talk a little about this Buccaneers defense. So Carlton Davis, you know, not not the hottest start to his career, but, Holy hell, man. This dude's made life tough on Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams. There's truly some of the best wide receivers in the league. Haven't been able to find the end zone at all. He's disappointed from a fantasy perspective. So Jamel Dean's been great on the other side, but, Holy cow, man. You know, as someone that, okay, I, the fact that, you know, people like me ever make fun of any football player in the league is ridiculous. I know you guys have more, more talent in, you know, your little toe than I've ever had, but you know, Derek Carr, the fact that he is finally throwing downfield with Henry Ruggs on the field, we saw what they did. The chiefs, it looks like a brand new offense at the same time. You know, we saw the Buccaneers shut down Aaron Rodgers and company when no one else could. Do you think Derek Carr and these guys have a chance to make some noise against the secondary or Carlton Davis and them just too good,
1: man? Uh, like you said, Carson Davis, you you watched the first show of Carson to the booth, man. And I'm talking about Carson Davis. I'm telling people to look out for him, man. He's gonna be a star in his league. Uh, super confident dude. But uh, the the Bucks defense is definitely rolling right now. And but the, that Raiders offense is is making plays downfield when Ruggs is in the game. I think he he brings a whole new element to that offense, man. He kind of opened up the run game and then a lot of that play action two man routes that that Gruen like to do. A lot of that max protect deep ball shots, uh, it opened up for him. So I mean, I, I no one really stopped them yet. They're only, they putting up points. Even when they lose game, they putting up points. You know what I'm saying? So I like, I like, I like, I like the Raiders to make some plays, man. I like them, I like them to make some plays on, on the Bucks secondary. Cause the Bucks been giving up, the Bucks gave up big plays this year, man. Mm-hmm. It might not be Carson Davis the third, but uh it's two corners who play in the game. So They've been giving up big plays on the other side. I expect the Raiders to have some big plays against them.
0: Just having that field stretcher on the field, man. I've looked at uh Brandon Cooks and just his uh the quarterbacks he's played with, golf, uh B- golf, Brady, and Drew Brees, and all three of those guys, when they've had Brandon Cooks on the field, they've averaged more yards per attempt over their entire career than without him. Now, Henry Ruggs, again, you know, Derek Carr throws a great deep ball. We just always kind of see him ranking towards the bottom of the league and how often he's throwing deep. Do you think even if a quarterback is, you know, not all that uh you know keen on consistently throwing downfield, just having someone like Ruggs with that speed can still just change the entire you know mentality of a defense
1: definitely man you got a guy like Ruggs. he, he, he that fast you got to throw it downfield to him and then uh with with gruden being the coach you know gruden that's that's his motto he want to run the ball run the ball and then he want to max protect and take some shots so i think gruden help him help him uh get out of that i don't throw the ball downfield as well you know what i'm saying gruden got a lot to do with that as well
0: hundred percent, man. I know a lot of people were kind of wondering what Gruden would bring to the table being out of the league for so long, but you know, every time that all 22 comes out on Tuesday, you're always seeing just some awesome uh, route combinations uh, that, that he's able to get out there. So all right, next matchup I want to talk about, man. So the Bills are playing the Jets who figured to you know, continue to flow the majority of their passing game through Jameson Crowder. I mean, the man leads the NFL in targets per game right now. And you know, we we're talking about Carlton Davis being one of the best cornerbacks. I- I'm assuming you'd also put Tredavious White uh, in that category, but the thing That's with Tredavious, he's only spent 30- Total snaps this season, either in the box or in the slot. You know, we mentioned this before, uh, just about kind of getting Ramsey more in the slot. Could you try to explain in general why coaches are so hesitant to try to move their number one corner inside to kind of counter the offense, doing the same thing with their number one wide receiver?
1: Uh I that's a whole nother position, man. You asking the guy to to that's like asking a, a left tackle to go play guard real quick. You know what I'm saying? It's just a whole nother position. It's it's different routes you get, it's different, different type of guys you guard, now you're involved in a run fit. So, playing inside, man, it's not, as, it's not just as easy as going in there and playing man coverage. Now, if you go inside, what if we call cover three or something, what if we call one of our fire zones, one of our blitzes, and your guy, you following a guy, and now he go inside, now you go inside, now you got a zone drop you have to do. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's, it's more to it, man, it's, it's, it's more to it. And uh, that nickel corner, man, is, a, is, a, is his, it, it's his own position. You know what I'm saying?
0: Well, you played with maybe the single best nickel corner of the past decade in Chris Harris, man. can't wait to see him uh, get healthy again. So, I mean, all right, well, you guys had the no-fly zone, so obviously anyone's lining up over Chris Harris. They got their own world of problems. I guess it's just, you know, I remember I was at a you know Bears-Cowboys game last year and just three straight plays they put Allen Robinson in the slot and just kept throwing him against Jalen freaking Smith. Who, hey, you know, whatever you think about as a linebacker, that's fine, but he shouldn't be guarding Allen Robinson, man. I just shouldn't waste, be guarding Allen uh, Robinson. At yeah, all. that's all. So you got Chris Harris there, man, absolutely but otherwise i don't know maybe, maybe put your best guy in their guy
1: <laughs> yeah it's just, it's just it's just a different position man even even if you just a man coverage corner you playing man coverage outside and then you go play man coverage in that slot is just a little bit different so i mean chris can attest to that you you play man coverage in that slot and then now you come play man coverage all day outside is it's, your numbers going to look different you know what i'm saying it's just a, it's just a different beast inside and outside
0: and just, I, I I'm imagining, you know, the entire defense being on the same page is definitely going to be worth way more than, you know, maybe having a slightly exactly. better uh, one matchup right here. All right, man, we'll talk about the Cardinals here uh, for a second. Buddha Baker. Oh my goodness, man. All over the field on uh, Monday yeah, night, yeah. making plays Cardinals just suffocated. This Cowboys offense. I think a lot of people, you know, uh, they weren't expecting Dak like Andy Dalton to play like Dak, but you know, they lost Chandler Jones and they even didn't seem to uh, miss a step. So up next, entirely different level of boss, you know, with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Do you think, uh, you know these veteran corners patrick peterson Drake kirkpatrick can they do anything to slow down dk metcalf and tyler lockett
1: man i like that i like that db group uh in arizona man they they not too far out of that no fly zone list as well i love that group out there but uh russell wilson them they just that's a, that's a different beast man they looking like the best team in the league to me and this and this part what what russell does he extends them plays and he got two guys who, who who's on perfectly on the same pages, and they know to keep moving. They know if they high, they come low. If they low, they come high. They know where to go once he starts scrambling. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to stop those guys. I expect them to make some plays, but I think, I think Seattle, I think Seattle going coming off two weeks to get ready for these guys. I like Seattle to win that matchup and make a lot of plays.
0: So I'm I'm not sure what you know the Cardinals' game plan is going to be. They've only really had Patrick Peterson, uh shadow Terry McLaurin back in week two. Didn't go all that right. well. But last year, man, exactly. Peterson goose egg Metcalf. And it was later in the season. I don't think they were taking a bunch of shots to it. But do you think like as awesome as DK Metcalf has been this year, could like a bigger body, you know, more physical corner like Patrick Peterson maybe be his quote unquote kryptonite? I don't
1: I don't think so, man. I think <laughs> I think DK is looking like the best receiver in the league to me this year. He's looking like a modern, a modern day uh Megatron. And and, and the one knock, I was like, I don't know if he got ball skill. I don't know if he's gonna go up and catch a ball. Then you see last, not last week, the week before, fourth down or third down or whatever, Russell threw it up and he went up and got it, like Megatron. You know what I'm saying? So uh, if he's doing that, he he run four three, he's not soft. Man, he he's looking like the best in the league, man. I don't know if a big body, definitely not a small body, but it's it's going to take somebody. I see Gilmore is a bigger body. Gilmore my size. I mean, and Gilmore struggled with the speed. You can see it was the size and the speed that kind of gave Gil some problems, man. So and he the best big corner in the league, in my opinion, right now, him and Ramsey. So, Andrew Davies White. So, man, out of, out of Bitcoin, if Gilmore can't deal with you, I don't, I don't see nobody dealing with you.
0: <laughs> I agree, man. Yeah, it's, you know, so much got said about Metcalf's three-cone drill and this or that and his, you know, ability to change direction. But it seems like you still actually see awesome routes out of the guy, probably because cornerbacks are so concerned they have to respect that physicality and the speed that you were mentioning was giving Gilmore just all sorts of trouble. All right, uh, we'll talk about the Saints offense. We got Michael Thomas expected to be back in action for the first time since week one. So he's had some competitive. Matchups in the past with the Panthers, but I think a lot of that had to do with James Bradbury just being able to not shut him down, but at least make life more difficult for him than normal. So uh, now he's with the Giants. So now we got Michael Thomas against a good secondary, but have they really been tested yet? I mean, assuming Thomas is close to 100%, do you see any way how the Panthers hold him in check?
1: Nah, I think, honestly, I don't think, I don't know how healthy Mike going to be. I've dealt with a high ankle sprain before. So I mean, even when you come back, it's there's no, there's no mimicking that game speed, you know what I'm saying? So, it, I don't know. He'll be more of a, a body in there and make you have to worry about him, and I think it would be a lot of the other weapons getting a lot of the work. But if he was to come in that game 100%, man, they're they going to score 30. They're going to be excited to have him back. They're going to feed him the ball, and, and the Panthers won't stop him.
0: So if we just remove like kind of the quarterback and the scheme and everything, you know, we're starting a team from scratch. Where would Michael Thomas kind of be in the tiers of wide receivers? You know, top five, top ten. Like, where do you kind of put him among the league if we just you know remove Drew Brees and the Sean Payton scheme from everything?
1: Uh, definitely still top ten. Maybe, maybe, maybe even top five. I might, might even give him top five. Man, he got size. I don't really, I don't really say he got that that kind of blazing speed. But he got enough speed, and then he got the, the, the hands that make up for it, man. He, he kind of unorthodox in his route running. He's a physical guy. He run all the routes. And, and he still can, he can catch a fade. He might not be the fastest in the world, but he, he can get deep on you as well. So he's still top five to me, man. The, the attitude alone and the size and them hands, that's top five.
0: I believe Urban Meyer called Michael Thomas the most competitive player he has ever coached and you know if any of those rumors about that uh, practice scuffle were true it certainly uh, sounds Definitely. like that fire yeah. has not gone anywhere <laughs> <laughs> alright so Green Bay Packers cornerback Yair Alexander he is PFF's single highest graded cornerback here and you know there have been some up and downs along the way he's been trying to shadow these number one wide receivers really since he was a rookie but right now man playing nothing but great football you know was able to goose egg Calvin Ridley had all sorts of success against Mike Evans as well up next potential shadow they with Will Fuller, even if it's not that, you know, he's got plenty of Brandon Cooks on his plate as well. Do you think Eric can keep up this excellent play and kind of cement himself in that kind of consistent top five cornerback discussion?
1: I think definitely, definitely this week, this is this a perfect matchup for him, man. And a smaller type of, you know, finesse speed guy, man, that's, that's right up his alley, you know. He's a physical, fast guy. So if all you're going to do is try to j- juke him and run some over routes and things like that, I think he'd be, he'd be connected at the hip to them receivers, to Cooks and Fuller. Uh, Shit, the only one who really gave him problem was Thielen. Probably this whole season, Thielen probably the only one who really gave him some work. But besides that, man, Alexander been strapping. He turned into one of my favorite corners.
0: Yeah, man, you are correct. Thielen was the only guy to find the end zone in. Yeah, airs, uh, shadow coverage. I'm curious because, you know, I've heard you list some of the top cornerbacks in your league, in your opinion. How much weight do you put behind a guy, you know, his responsibility being asked to travel with a number one receiver versus just being, you know, they're locked down their sideline. Obviously, both strategies work absolutely fine. If you can take away right. the entire side of the field, that's arguably more important than, you know, taking away just a single man. But I was just curious, like, how you kind of weigh that when looking at these corners.
1: Definitely. Uh, if you if you're following number one guys around week in, week out, man. And and guys like Ridley coming out with goose eggs and, you know what I'm saying? And you're pretty successful against guys that definitely hold more weight than if you just – if you're playing man. Now, man in zone is different. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you're playing man and you just stand on your side and, and your second corner on the team is guarding the best guy man to man, then, you know, that's – that's I subtract a couple points right there. If, if a guy's following, he definitely – you definitely get those bonus points if you're following. You got to. Now, if you a zone team, if you a zone team and, and, and then you can't really follow in zone. So you just zone team, you gotta make plays. So if you're a zone corner, you're gonna be judged on how many plays is he making. If you're a man corner, you're gonna be judged on if you following number one guys and how many plays are guys not making against you.
0: Makes a lot of sense, man, when you have your back the ball like that. Man, yeah, definitely going to be way harder to jump any sort of route combination. I remember uh, Des Bryant, you know, kind of being vocal with his, uh, you know, kind of mid to 20, 2010s feud with uh, Janoris Jenkins and getting shut down and saying, no, look, everyone, I mean, I was, he had safety help the whole game. He had this, he had that. Right. So, yeah, when you do see someone you know, like Gilmore just completely wipe away, you know, this number one guy week after week. Other than Metcalf, uh, it truly is incredible. All right, man. Exactly. Last last one, then I will get you out of here. Thank you again for all the time, brother. But so Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs take on a Broncos defense that I can't believe they're still playing this one, well, man, because they've dealt with key injuries just all season, you know, even the preseason with uh, Von Miller. Yet they still rank 11th in points against. And they managed to hold Cam Newton and company in just 288 total yards in week six. We've seen Mahomes look human for stretches this season. Do you think the Broncos have, you know, still have the sort of, you know, personnel on defense to keep things close? Because right now, seeing the Chiefs as nine and a half point favorites and, you know, just looking at how they've been playing, the Broncos are playing some inspired football, it seems like.
1: They is. They playing some good defense, man. They uh, surprising me. Did like you said, dealing with all the in, in, injuries and things like that. They they surprised me, man. I, I mean, you look at their yards. I don't think they they might not be up there in yards per game and passing yards per game and things like that. But guys not scoring too many points on them, and that's what's important. So, but we are talking about the Chiefs here. We are talking about Patrick Mahomes, and uh, I think it's time. I think it's time that the that the Broncos this this the game they going to give up to get, they they going to give up the you know they going to give it up this week man i think i think mahomes mahomes play good against zone it's, it's a lot of zone coverage uh that the broncos play and he plays he plays good against zone he uh he got the he got the weapons that could work the middle of the field he can always he can always test you deep deep cover 3 zones can always turn a man to man coverage 30 40 yards downfield so he always got Tyreek Hill and Hartman to test you deep and, uh, and I think they, they kind of got a chip on their shoulder as well, man. They won last week, but, you know, they, they probably didn't play the way they wanted to play on offense. They scored like 20 points or something like that. So you don't see, the, you don't see in the week before that they didn't, they didn't play as well either. So you, don't, you just don't see the Chiefs repeat 15 and 19 and 20-point performances, man. It's a 30-point game coming soon. I, I think it'll be against these Broncos.
0: Yeah, it's kind of interesting how the Bills played him last week. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was able to just run through the defense, you know, almost untouched at times, but it almost seemed like the Bills were just content to try to, you know, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands as much (laughs) as possible, but you know, then they got those third downs and they just couldn't do anything. What, like, would be your strategy, you know, when you got that third and eight versus Mahomes, you know he can extend any play and you also know he can throw the ball wherever he wants. I mean, are you trying just to, you know, bring all the blitzes at him or do you think it's better to maybe sit back and spy or like, how would you approach it? I mean, you got to switch it
1: up. You got to, I I would switch it up I would I would I would make everything look the same and it's going to be my home job to figure out which one we're going to do so you know what I'm saying either we're going to drop everybody and, and, and play a nice tight zone nice matchy tight zone or we're going to bring the house and we got to stand up and cover for two and a half seconds so they just got to look the same man you got to you got to try to you got to try to you can't just line up and just whoop on them physically man so you got to try to outsmart those guys and uh guys got to win one-on-one matchups
0: got to win when it comes down to it, man, especially on the money down, as we like to call it. So that's going to do it, keep Thank you again so much for the time, man. Everyone out there, please go check out, again, at Call to the Booth on Twitter, Instagram, podcast, Call to the Booth, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, everything there. Make sure you know you're following to Tlaib t- 21 on Twitter, as always. Any final thoughts, man?
1: Hey, I appreciate you having me on, man. I got to get y'all guys to come on my show, man. We could talk some grading systems and some other stuff. You know I like PFF. You know I rock with y'all, man anytime,
0: man. And we love you over here, dude. So thank you again for the time. Thank you all at home for listening to the PFL fantasy football podcast. I'm Ian Hartz He's a key to leave until next time. Take care, everybody.